Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. All right, welcome everyone to the Week in Italian Startup, where uh, Nicola and I, we dissect the latest news happening in the Italian ecosystem. Welcome back, Nick. Ciao, Jack. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So let's uh, start with uh, Serenis. All right, so Serenix extended the round announced in June, raising an additional 2.7 million from Angelini Ventures, Azimut, and Invictus Capital. So for people that don't know the, the deal, Serenix has been one of the most uh, popular deals uh, happening in the press, I would say, of this year. Uh, what is interesting is that, uh, well, there, we've, we've been talking about Serenix before. Basically what they're trying to do is to digitize Uh, access to mental health so essentially like um, therapy online uh, through uh, basically a platform and what is uh, very interesting is that the two founders are, uh, are very well known in the ecosystem and uh, they are uh, both repeat founders and uh, yeah with this round basically they are uh, getting to about 6.5 million of, uh, of fundraise so that's uh, very good news for them very good news for the uh, the company for sure yep yep uh, and apparently investors love them because they expanded the original rounds and they um, they accepted quite interesting investors so big, big names yep. uh, names that we often hear on our weekly uh, weekly podcast uh azimut yeah uh, invictus capital that's rare but still uh, an active investor with um uh international LPs, VIF mm-hmm. or Casa de Presidentity, and Angelini Ventures, yeah. the new boy in town with 300 million under management and oh, yeah. where they are with the, the first, the first in, I believe the first investment they are announcing. Uh, I'm not sure about it. I think they, they already placed some bets before, not maybe as Angelini Ventures, but as Angelini. Uh, so de- definitely branded, probably is one of the first for sure. So that's, uh, that's definitely like uh, valuable to, to mention. So one, uh, one element that, uh, that uh, kind of made me, that, that came to my mind while reading about this deal is the external debate between uh, first-time founder and repeat founders. So this is a great case uh, in Italy where uh, the funding team is, re- is uh, serial repeat founders And uh, the question is always like whether, you know, which one VCs have, have a bias toward? Is it the repeat founders? Is it the first time? How is it gonna work? And uh, I mean, this is a great example where two very successful founder kind of sticking together and really building something extremely fast and uh, with a very nice um, uh, growth rate and um, a very, you know, a powerful marketing. So uh, this is interesting. Um, my thought on that is that um, if you are first time, you kind of need to compensate, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a certain way, because I believe there is actually a bias for repeat founders because it's kind of a, it's a, it's a signal from the VC sort of a, a mindset. It's like a little pattern that we maybe unwillingly we like to think about. And uh, the, 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 basically the way, the antidote for that, for first timer, from what I was thinking is, uh, is basically like getting extremely, I mean, showing that you get to product velocity extremely fast. 
So my point being, you know, repeat founder is an advantage, but not necessarily like a drawback if you're a first time founder that actually, you know, can show something extremely meaningful. So what is the, what is the internal thought process uh, for you, Nick, in, in terms of repeat founder versus first time founders? Well, I, I, th I think that uh, in particular at the seed stage, because this happens in particular at the seed stage where, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have many data points on which to base your investment thesis. I mean, you, you, you're sitting down with a person with probably a PowerPoint and what cup some you know, initial traction. Uh, and then you're mostly invested with the, with the person. Uh, and if the person has been there before, uh, they know which type of vibe to emit, uh, what yeah. to say, how to say it. Uh, they, they're they have a much, clear, much more clear idea uh, of you know, how to express what they're doing. That doesn't mean that they know what they're doing, but they know better to tell you what they're doing, or what you want to hear. Is this one sitting in front of me as an entrepreneur? Uh, that means that maybe there is a bias, not only in the selection, but in the, you know, in the rate of investment, just because it's clearer. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you understand much better what they're doing, what they're you know, building, where they, they think they want to go, and yeah. so on and so forth. Having said that, I don't have hard data about the actual outcome of investing in repeat founders versus uh, first-time founders. I've got this feeling that there are a lot of great startups with repeat founders at the helm. But if you think of any great name out there, they're first-time founders. Uh -huh. Google, uh -huh. Facebook. Interesting. Hmm? That's interesting, right? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft. But so there, is some, there is something. There is some but, kind but of. But wait, that was a phase when. See. But wait, that, at that time, failing was not cool. Now failing is cool. So people try more and they become repeat founder like quickly. So I don't know if uh, if the para the paradigm has shift or not, but uh, that's a great yes. point though. That's a great point because everything yes. we use as benchmark of a great entrepreneur is uh, they're all first time. Good point. Excellent. Very yeah, interesting. That, that, that's interesting, right? Uh, even though there's probably a lot of stuff in between the Googles and mm -hmm. the, the, the lots of successful startups where you know anything can happen in there, and I don't, I don't have many data points. But uh, it should be interesting to, to, to take a look whether there are, I believe there are papers, there is some search mm -hmm. about, about, about the specific topic around. So I, I will dig deeper. I will come back <laughs> with some hard data. We'll figure this out. Exactly. Yeah, because otherwise it's just, just you know, gut feeling. It's then, a feeling. It's a gut so feeling. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. you're right. The impression is that there is some bias towards repeat. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, in Italy, it's a young market, so there yeah. are not many of them. So, no, I what I thought it was uh, it was a good example of uh, you know serial founders that really are doing something extremely quick, and they've been doing uh, they've been they've been like scaling Serenis extremely quick, and uh, you know that's yeah, uh, that's, that, that, that's for sure. That's a hard information. I mean, uh, the seed the seed stage is basically paid studies, mm -hmm. right? If you're a repeat founders, you've studied already. Uh, repeat founder, you studied already. So you, you, someone paid for your studies. Mm -hmm. um, so you're skipping entirely a phase, mm -hmm. not not in terms of funding, but in terms of learning. Totally. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that the repeat founder is very fast in achieving specific type of KPIs. Because I mean, 
Interesting. There. The, the real question is what, what happens next when, yes. when they enter into the unknown territory. Mm-hmm. Then the phase of scale up, of scaling up, of growing, or whatever they, they haven't seen, they haven't lived already. So that's not back to square zero, but that's it's the territory for them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting uh, thinking. Um, all right, moving on to the next deal. Let's talk about Award, climate tech startup raising two million in a bridge round. So this is one of the biggest of, uh, of last week. Uh, a lot of in- some of the investors include Telefonica, CDPVC, YAG, and a few other investors. So uh, Award basically is working in the space of essentially helping corporations to enter a culture of sustainability through different challenges and through like a platform that uh, basically engages um, <clears throat> different, uh, in different ways uh, employees in general. And that's a way to actually sensitize like uh, a certain a certain uh, population to uh, everything that is like decarbonization and sustainability. The app has had like a huge uh, endorsement with uh, celebrities and with the UN. So that was uh, also what uh, what has happened. So I think the execution here was uh, was definitely interesting in terms of uh, marketing and visibility of the brand. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know much, honestly, about the, the business model, but definitely it's uh, it's worth mentioning that they've been, uh, you know, placing their brand in very powerful positions. Yeah, I agree with you. That's you know, uh, Award is one of those startups that that they're, you know, they're uh, they've got an interesting positioning. They're not mainstream in terms of you know you you read or, or hear about them, but. Uh, I think they're doing things that quite that, that's quite interesting. And I remember someone mentioning them as one of the Italian startups to watch recently on, on ah, Okay, okay. Yes, so they're, they're starting to, to and they probably have a good timing in terms of what they're offering totally. to, to the market. Yeah. And uh great uh, I mean also great investor over here, like uh, basically Sella, uh Sella Bank, uh, Digital Magics. So very interesting. Definitely something that. Uh, yeah, in this case, the, the, the interesting uh, actor here is Telefonica. Mm-hmm. That's the investment, the, the, the investor that you usually see here. Yeah. Uh, so this this says something about what might be the next move by by world. Um, both in terms of geographies that they want to address, and in terms of distribution, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be something there. Interesting. Very nice. All right, moving on. Um, let's talk about uh, WeShort, short movie streaming services raising one million from Minerva Picture. So we don't see many deals uh, regarding like movie and uh, sort of uh, attacks to the Netflix. Uh, nothing, nothing much. But uh, I really, I thought it was very interesting because they're trying to target a specific niche of creators, which is like short movies. And uh, we have a, a rather big production house back in the deal. So that's also like a great validation. And uh, what I thought was particularly interesting was the, the subscription, because it's a, it's a subscription model, it's a platform, but it is a $2.99 a month. So that gets me thinking, because is it the time where we're seeing first example 
of uh, micro subscription instead of uh, you know platformization i don't know if it's a word but you know big subscription 19 to 25 dollars uh, is that thing exploding into specific uh, contents that uh, you know one can enjoy and kind of mix and match the way they want maybe that's uh, that's one of the first signs of this kind of trend that's a fair question i have no idea but as you said, it's um, it, it, it's a nice, you know, it's an instance of a new type of new because I don't know many similar type of offerings. Uh, they, they propose you a short engagement mm -hmm. because they they, they they talk about ten releases per per week, mm -hmm. so no risk of binge watching. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Fine. And so limited time frame is a type of expected consumption uh, in, terms, in terms of um, time that you might spend on the platform and small ticket. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. As you said, I don't know. Interesting, interesting space. To it's, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the future of entertainment is a, is a mosaic, you know, like $2.99 for shorts, maybe $1 something for uh, your newsletter and then another two dollar for a patreon and there you go i get to my 20.99 a month i mean that's uh maybe that's uh, that's another way of consuming content for the future ah, nice, nice nice point basically you're thinking about the parcelization of my 20 dollars per month yeah into several service providers that all fit a very specific niche yeah. need that i have in terms of time of allocation of my yeah, yeah, yeah. A media consumption time, totally, whatever, totally. whatever that means. That's that's a very fair point. Interesting. I would love wow. to see that. I would definitely love to see that. Hmm. Right. Moving on. Uh, let's talk about uh, the next uh, Ireo agritech startup raising 850k from Primo Space Digital Magics and Lazio Innova. That's super cool because. Uh, now space is agritech and agritech is space. That's uh, that's super cool. So for people that don't know, uh, Ireo basically essentially uh, elaborates a ton of daily data from satellites and prov and re and re-elaborate them, them giving them to um, agricultural uh, companies, farmers to actually track a lot of metrics when it comes to humidity of the soil, evolution of the plants, etc., etc., etc everything without any sensor but only through satellite imaging so that's uh, extremely cool so nick give us uh, some insights some, some secret things which i don't have as well <laughs> <laughs> primo space is a separate fund and I know basically i know i know less about them than about <laughs> other digital funds that, that, that do not live within the primo the primo ventures yeah. ecosystem so um but as you said uh what i can what i can tell is that one this is probably the first one of the first investment in uh, um downstream startups from, uh, from mm -hmm. primo probably the second say uh as you know space is a very broad market much broader than what it might uh seem uh, at first sight uh and that Downstreams appear to be the, the obvious uh, uh, word, uh, the obvious area for digital startups, and 
uh, on Earth observation, which is an obvious candidate for doing things with the data coming from satellites and generating some kind of solutions with that data. Uh, and in Rio, they, they developed this quite um, deep platform, so they can enable a lot of data from satellite observation. Uh, and the, the nice touch of machine learning in order to understand and analyze what the, the, the images are telling us. Uh, as you said, agritech is, you know, an important market now, uh, as uh, energy and water are becoming uh, scarce resources or expensive resources at least. Uh, so this is, and, you know, yeah. a very you know, solution at very clear problem, much clearer than you know now than a couple of years ago. So good timing for them. Uh, and again, we'll see how 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 the scale is. So eight hundred fifty thousand awesome. is a seed round, okay. good size. So good luck to the team. Yeah, no, totally. All right, let's jump to Full Farm. Uh, venture, Full Farm is a venture studio in Italy, raising three point five million euro. That is interesting because uh, the phenomenon of venture studios and venture builder has been a thing in the next in the past uh, three years, I would say. Uh, it's been growing. There are some solid companies that uh, have been developed uh, around the concept of venture studio. Uh, every year, there is someone new, kind of trying to kind of push the boundaries on the on the concept uh, some are surviving some are not but uh, it's a model that uh, that is really appreciated and in my experience I think there there is also like investors trying to well starting to appreciate the the model of the venture studio so as a, as, a, as an asset class um, in this case we have full farm full farm basically focalize in deep tech so in uh, in frontier technology startups they, they've launched i believe like four startups for now and they've been uh, basically conducting a raise to a fifth one uh and yeah they also got this uh, this capital increase uh for the company itself which is uh, particularly interesting also yep uh, i agree so the the startups the venture studio uh, wave uh is probably I wouldn't say maturity, but it's enough momentum to, to be now uh, something to account for. Uh, I have to say, originally, it was not easy mm-hmm. to, um, for a traditional VC fund, I believe so much. That's my point of view, but uh, probably quite widespread. Um, you, you're basically used to investing in company where, where the founding team are physical person, physical people, uh, owning the majority of the startup, uh, you know, uh, working hard on the idea and so on and so forth, and whatever, you know, traditional view of the founder entrepreneur. With venture studios, that's not always true. Actually, the reverse is more, more true. I mean, you have a venture studio that's basically owning the startup, but they are releasing equities to entrepreneurs in residence. So the cap table is upside down. Um, and, and you start with looking at, at the beast that is not. Uh, like the beast that they used to see. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, that there is venture studios have met some resistance uh, mm-hmm. in the market. But as you said, they're you know they're starting to sh- showing uh, at least the good ones the value that they are able to bring. There is a research going around. I don't know whether you you've seen it. Okay. Uh, about the ratios 
uh, of startups leaving venture studio that get to see them and see that they with respect to the average no. basketball startups. But there is maybe some bias there. But of course, of course. Because numbers, numbers are quite, quite important. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and it's, it's, the other is that uh, the truck, the, the, uh, the sequence of actions that the, the full farm is doing, but others are doing as well. So they, they the play, you raise capital on the venture studio, and then when you have enough startups with enough track record, you start raising a sidecar funds in order to be the mm-hmm. seed investor that uh, up to that moment you, you raised from the outside, from outside capital. So basically, it's a good starting point to build an ecosystem of you know startup building, uh, and then investing, and then supporting, and then growing, and so on. So, interesting. It's a very interesting thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely to keep an eye on. Mm. Cool. And I love the vertical on AI and the tech. Yeah, I mean, it's so. not just any venture studio. It's pretty like a damn vertical on uh, specific like deals, which uh, which is good. I believe it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Because. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, because I have to say that. Venture studios, maybe some of them tend to uh, look at fast markets, so yeah. consumer markets, where they can uh, quickly um, validate some aspects of the business model. But if you yeah. go after, you know, the tech, that's not as fast. So you need, you know, to have some clear ideas uh, at the very beginning, um, lead generation, validation, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But what you, what you want to do, what you're doing. So okay, it's yeah, a very that's true. That's nice true. play. All right, let's end on a bitter, bittersweet note, I would say. Let's talk about this, Nick, and then you tell me what uh, you think about. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, so the new... No way. Yes, way. so for the people that didn't follow the... The, the news essentially nine months ago, uh, Italian startup um, Brum Brum got acquired by uh, Kazoo uh, and uh, UK based, right? UK based, right? UK based. Exactly. And uh, in basically, I don't know when that got released, but, uh, but essentially, like last week, basically, they essentially, after rebranding and kind of eliminating Brum Brum as a brand, the company Kazoo decided to resell uh, uh, basically what formerly was known as Broom Broom back to Italian company Stellantis. And Stellantis immediately reinstated Broom Broom uh, just to see exactly how uh, they can sort of revive the asset in the Italian market. In the meantime, this is what's happening in Kazoo. So basically, it's a total collapse and it's a minus 96.99% since uh, essentially, yeah, basically, well, year to date, well, actually, all the max, this is the maximum range where we start at about 11.30. Now we are at 0.34 cents. 0.34, so it's 30 times lower than the peak. Mm, it's insane it's insane and what i was checking actually is when 
uh, essentially the collapse started and uh, basically yeah I, I'm, I mean I have it's exactly been, one year ago exactly one year ago correct. the birthday yeah the birthday of the, the birthday of the ends. So uh, in a way, you know, we kind of uh, regained back uh, one of the company, even if it's way smaller than it used to be. I think they, they, they had uh, a lot of firing going on. There was a lot of layoffs, unfortunately, but uh, I'm sure the guys at Celantis have a plan for that. So probably they got it in, a, in, a, in they're definitely with a good deal. And uh, now they will try to revive that. So that's, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's important to see what's, uh, what's going to happen.